here we are and welcome to another episode of the friday night movie podcast we have with us not only my sisters lillian becky but writer director greg porper and hollywood legend ed begley jr to talk about a very funny very darkly funny which is my kind of funny film called don't tell larry that is having its world premiere at the austin film festival i got all that right correct greg yes you did great awesome now something i like to do when we when we talk about a film is i like to give my explanation of the movie to the people who made it and see if i got it right with no spoilers obviously uh, yeah yeah. i welcome i welcome all sorts of notes Uh, no spoilers yet yeah no spoilers at this point but uh, an ambitious young employee of a travel agency uh, is throwing a party for her boss played by Ed uh, and uh, does not invite the uh, I would say odd new guy from the office, which sets off a series of um, I would say karma and suspense related events on the right track. A plus. I like it. Yep, <laughs> a plus. I agree. Yep. But my okay, so other than the fact that from the from the dialogue, the writing, the the darkness of the humor, one of my favorite things about getting to talk about this movie is from the director's statement. And in the director's statement, the last line is, "This movie isn't making any sort of political statement, uh, uh, nor is it a strong piece of social commentary, but rather it's a ninety-minute engaging edge of your seat thrill ride." That will stick with you long after the credits roll. And considering I had a dream about the movie last night, I think you 100% delivered on that promise. So when you're setting out to make that kind of movie in the world that we're in right now, how do you uh, start with Greg here? How do you land on the tone? Because this movie deals with some very dark things, but at no point do I feel like we're getting like weighed down by any kind of you know, deeper discussion. You had cut off. So do you actually oh, read? Re- no problem. Uh, yeah. uh, how in a movie like this, do you get, get that tone right? Strike that tone of that dark humor where uh, we're laughing the whole time, but we feel the tension, but also don't feel like we're being preached to. That's a very, very hard needle to thread. Thank you. Yeah. So I think a lot of that was due to trial and error in our test screenings. And additionally, being allowing ourselves to have enough time on set for different sorts of takes. If we wanted a completely serious version of this movie, we have the footage for it. If we wanted a complete, like an even zanier version, we have that. And so I think through a lot of test screenings through myself and my partner, John, going back and forth over the course of months and really trying to craft and then showing it to a few people who knew nothing about the movie and just getting some, you know, feedback that would really helped inform how we ended up driving the movie. Cause obviously a movie is written on the page and then you go to production and you get some curveballs thrown your way and you say, okay, now we have to do this because of some unforeseen production logistical um, hiccup that happens. And then you get into the edit room and you see your actors on screen and you see the comp- composition of the shots and you see the perfect performance take is slightly out of focus. And you say, darn, I can't use that. It's like you just you ultimately rewrite it then in the editing, um, you know, in the in, in the edit. So I would say it was through a lot of trial and error. And a lot of just getting some feedback from people who had never seen this movie before and knew nothing about it and had no responsibility to be kind to both myself and to John. They would give us our honest feedback. 
<laughs> and Ed, you've been in so many classics. Again, the ones that they're ones that jump out for me, but there's this is not you know greedy from 1994 with Kirk Douglas and Michael J. Fox. Uh, oh, that one. Uh, a mighty wind, the whole Christopher oh Guest, God, you know, all the Christopher Guest over. No words, no words. My assumption is you have your pick of what you do at this point with such an illustrious career. What led you to jump into this role, into the role of Bruce Waters, the boss for which the party happens? Before I answer that, and I promise I will, you mentioned that you dreamt about the movie just in the uh, call sheet of your dreams. What what number was I? Did Kyle and Patty get a number above me, or well, no. Hopefully, so I was a. You, well, you were already dead, and I was running for my life, so it, oh, wow. I, it was okay. mostly Kyle. <laughs> understandable, understandable. I just want to clear that up. But you're very, you're very kind to mention those fine films. I love every Chris Guest movie ever made, it's, even the, the ones I'm not in, like Waiting for Guffman. This is absolute best. It's my favorite. And you know I'm telling the truth because I'm not in that one. It's really fantastic. Just amazing. And Best in Show is fantastic, too. I'm proud to be in that one. Just, and Greedy. I love working on Greedy with, look at the cast in that. Kirk Douglas, Michael J. Fox, Jerry Burns, Phil Hartman, Joyce Heiser. Um, oh, my God. Uh, a million Nancy other Travis. people. Nancy, the brilliant Nancy Travis. Just wonderful, wonderful movie. Proud to be in that. And the fact that I'm still working at age 74, you heard it right, 74, I'm just amazed. Mm-hmm. I never thought they'd hire me up to like 50. Well, just for our <laughs> for our listeners, according to IMDb, just as an actor, just as an actor, 341 credits. And it's just as an actor, let alone in 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 other, you know, in in other roles as a producer and uh, all the other body of work that you've done so it, it's really it's quite it, it it's quite a big deal to have you on this family podcast of ours thank you for being it's here good and, to be on you... with all three of you you guys are lovely i can tell right away but i i'm just kind of amazed that i feel like that character zelig if you remember that movie i yeah. feel oh, like yeah. him mm-hmm. in show business as well as in every part of my life what's he doing here who invited him and how did he get to yalta <laughs> You know, I don't quite understand. Or maybe I'm more like Forrest Gump, the kind of uh, less than brilliant Forrest Gump running around through different parts of history or Chauncey Gardner. That's it. Chauncey Gardner. I think that's who I am. But I just keep getting called to be in these wonderful projects. And who the hell am I to say no? Wow. Well, that that's such a an amazing I don't know, attitude to have after so having done so much. So I'm going to have to go back to Greg and say, Greg, you're making this film. You you got Ed Begley Jr. What was it like working with with Ed on set? Well, I mean, Ed is a comedic legend. I was kind of in awe. I was in I had to pinch myself when I, I saw you in the flesh, Ed. You were you were even taller than I expected too. Um, <laughs> but really, it's, to try to get no, I expect him to be to very tall. Edge. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. You know, truly, and Ed, I think that the highlight of this whole process was me standing behind the camera and giving you the improv lines or just the just the the improv cues as well. Just it really was a true pinch me moment. Um, It was was, for me, too, my friend. Let me tell you, it just was was the reality of like, here I am with this legend. And, you know, not only is your presence just, you know, helping make the movie better, but also just you being on set. And Ed, you're, you know, you're in the room, but I could also see out of the corner of my eye, everyone outside of the room and holding their, their face, their, their mouths with their hands, trying not to laugh just because of how funny you are. Just, it's just, you're just very infectious. And I think 
we, it was a very, you know, at times it gets very stressful on set. And I think it just, you know, having you there in your presence and just, there was an excitement in the air, just really, it just really made for a more pleasant experience overall. It was for me too. Cause I'll tell you, I knew right away when I read the script, how talented you guys both were. And then meeting you, it was clear. It was not just on the page. It was on the stage. So I'm very, very impressed. It's a wonderful movie. I couldn't be happier with it. And I can't wait for folks to see it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. Now, um, Ed, I want to take a slight detour here because film, yes, this great movie, Don't Tell Larry, which is premiering at the Austin Film Festival, but you're an author. You're also an innovator in green cleaning products. And among the many things we were researching beforehand, we always like to talk about people's work from a lot of different perspectives. Um, you have a book, To the Temple of Tranquility, and Step on It. And you have this amazing green line of products, Begley, Begley's Best. Um, how do you how do you have time to do all of this? And tell us a little bit about those uh, two projects. Begley's Best, I'll start there because that's a no-brainer. For a while, I used vinegar and water and baking soda, and that will clean and non-toxically, but it doesn't clean very well. So I vowed I would find someone with a formula that was very good, that cleaned every bit as good as, you know, Formula 409 or Comet or something like that. And I found this great guy, Mark Cunningham, makes great products. I'm just a spokesperson for the thing. I never wind up in at the top of the vat mixing things up or doing any of that. <laughs> well, I did I did pay a bottling company to do it and store it in my garage and shipped it all. My daughter and I shipped it all across the country with the first incarnation of the co company. Now I have this wonderful company, Lab Clean. They do a, a great job finding the products, manufacturing them, and shipping them. So that's a no-brainer. I just show up and help promote the projects. And now this book, I didn't intend at all to write a book. I did it for my kids and grandkids. My daughter was a catalyst for it. She showed up with her cell phone one day, you know, with her iPhone saying, tell me the stories about, you know, your grandparents coming over from Ireland and your dad and tell me as much as you can remember about your career before they had movable type and talkies. Tell me what it was like. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was gone for, you know, the next day or she had something else to do in her life. And I went, well, let me take some notes for her on my computer. And that's when it happened. OK, Shy, it, suddenly the, the keyboard became like a Ouija board that actually worked, wow. that actually did something. I suddenly wow. was taking all these places I hadn't thought of in 50 years. So it was a joy to write the book and you can get it at Amazon or, you know, Barnes and Noble or anywhere. Oh, wow. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy two copies of this book, as we sometimes do in the show, one for me and one for someone, uh, first person to write in. I'm going to send you a copy I, of, of Ed I Begley just, Jr.'s book because this sounds fantastic. And I think all the movie fans that listen to the show will want to hear it. So, and I just want to say, like, it's, it's it's so beautiful the way you describe, like, why you wrote the book and how you came to do it. And one of the things we we talk about, like, the reason we started this podcast six years ago, we say is it was as a love letter to our children that we wanted to capture who we are, our relationship, just our lives, so that maybe one day our kids will listen to it and know and know these things. And I, it's the lazier version when you think about it, that actually sitting down and writing the book and doing that, which is con considerably more effort. So that also doesn't surprise me. But um, but I I think it's just so beautiful that it started out as something um, for your granddaughter. And um, yeah, I can't wait to read the book. Shall I uh, make that three copies, please? Becky and I live across. I Becky and I live across yeah. the street from each other. So <laughs> bless you, bless you all for saying that. You're very kind. Thank you. I'll uh, have to give it, get it on my family. Kindle because it'll never arrive overseas. So I'll just get it on the Kindle. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Thank you all.
um go ahead jay go ahead. okay so okay so now i'd love to transition to we play uh game okay this might have a little bit of spoilers about the movie um but, but without giving no, anything I away i don't think so. well no i just i just don't if people are a little bit concerned we're not going to give them away but we play a game on this show it's the signature game of this show it's called buy rent and meh and buy rent and meh are the thir- the official rating system of movies in our family buy being the best thinking of the days of you know video cassettes rent being uh it, somewhere in the middle and meh meh can actually mean whatever you want it to mean it can be indifference it can be i saw it already it can be there can be a lot of different reasons why you meh something but meh is sort of the third the third category um and this movie is absolutely a buy i loved it yeah i loved it love it loved it Great. this is a buy Me too. When this comes out, everybody that should watch it. Scene, that pee scene in the closet. I was gagging. I was, yeah. I was gagging and my husband was cackling, which is yeah. how you know. And, and Becky's husband yeah. is very hard to please in a movie situation. He is oh, that's, very, very that's hard to, to please. To know. He's you a know, very he, serious filmmaker. He's, he's a, well, I mean, he makes kids movies, but he was a story artist at Pixar for 11 years. So he's really oh particular when it comes oh to like God. characters. The best movies. And I love start- those Pixar movies. He started <laughs> off, I was watching, he started off, he was at his desk, you know, working on an animation and he was like kind of watching out of the side of his eye and you sort, sort of see him migrate to the couch and then he gets <laughs> some ice cream and he cuddles up next to me and he's laughing his face off. So you, it, this one really, it is a buy. It sucks you in. It's very great, great, great. Yeah. great. Good to hear. As someone had said in one of our test screenings which i really appreciated they said that this movie it's like it's almost like taping your eyelids open you just cannot look away you have to just keep watching and i I, think i'm not gonna lie in the the pee drinking scene i had my finger on like a maybe like a quick like 10 second forward because i was like i don't want to see it i don't want to see i don't want to see it i don't want to see them drink it i just don't they might drink it and then i was like no wait you have to see it I know we have to finish. I know we have to finish. You have to finish your explanation so, so we can so we can do the bit. But, but I'm enjoying quickly, talking about the movie. Quickly, okay, one more thing about the movie. You know how they say um, costumes are a character, right? I'm not going to say that costumes are a character, but but when pa- Patrick, that's his name, when it's just the <laughs> collar of <laughs> yep. Chippendales, except for the yeah, thunder down under, yep. <laughs> that that was a beautiful choice. The chemistry in this cast is actually I, amazing. I, was, I Tell, that's yeah. I would love to hear about that. The chemistry is so about great. Don Marie Jones. Does anybody oh. besides me love Don Marie Jones? Don Marie Jones was amazing in this. Amazing, and, amazing. And, always, always, and sells so well in that role all the totally. way to the very end of the film. Yes, mm-hmm. everybody's great. By the way, I love Kyle. I love Patty. Kenneth. Everybody is so good. Just amazing. Tina, great cast. Yeah, really, it was, it really was wonderful to see everyone click so well. And something that, an interesting anecdote that people wouldn't know unless if I'd say it, is that originally the script was written where Patty's character, Susan, and Kenneth's character, Patrick, did not know each other that well. And this is what I was talking about, when you write something on the page, and then right. when you're on set, and all of a sudden, when these two people met each other, when Patty and Ken met, they clicked right away. And John and I, you know, sidebarred and said, we need to rewrite some things here. These two characters, they can't be strangers. They have to know each other. They're going on this journey. And within like maybe a week or two before filming, when we had the cast together, that's when we made a lot of these little changes to get these two as people who knew each other. They were now in the cubicle next to each other. 
the wall, originally the they, walls were going to be up. Now the walls are down the way right. they move and interact with each other. There was a lot of the little changes that, yeah, that they have. It was, it was undeniable um, that there was a rapport there. So we, we, uh, it's great. Yeah. We're good adjustment. Out well, well done. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, Patty is like Susan's character and Patty with, uh, with Bruce, with Ed also was also it was mm-hmm. very, very, very funny. Yeah. Um, like at first I was like, Oh, are they father and daughter? What is happening here in this, mm-hmm. uh, in this company? And it was just, um, it was fantastic. And it's weird, but even though you, I mean, I don't know. Well, even though you're in the movie and then something happens post that, um, mm-hmm. uh, I would say that it's, I felt like the Susan Ed rapport continues throughout, even in scenes that you're not in. I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it. But the like the the presence of Bruce in the film is throughout the whole thing, even if you're not in some scenes. It's, right. it's definitely well, felt. they're such great improv actors, every one of them, you know, just wonderful, wonderful improv actors. That makes a world of difference. The script is rock solid. You don't need any help with a word, but you have the freedom to throw something in. And in my case, they throw me some improv lines I did not come up with, but they did on the spot, <laughs> which are just brilliant, Greg. Thanks for making me look good at every turn. Well, I, have, I have another question, Ed. Yes. Um, are, are you we'll eventually play life? the game, I promise. Eventually we'll play the game, but are you in real life a cat person? Or is or is your relationship with pumpkin, pumpkin. solely for the screen? I had a dog when I was quite young, and I have a dog again today that I got about a year ago. But oh. I've been a cat person in between my whole life. I love okay. cats, too. Love dogs, but cats are something special, as everybody knows, I hope. There's a very, there's a very important cat in this movie. Ed there Hedda. is. Who warmed up to you quite quickly <laughs> after Aww. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Byron Mess. So we play this game where we'll, I'm going to list three things and you're going to be forced to rank them. Each one, uh, buy, rent, or meh. Or meh. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we make it purposefully difficult. Like this it's is also all... a bit of an extrapolation. It's not an exact science. Yeah, it's not an exact science. No. Lily is saying this because she breaks the rules every time. I cheat all I, the time. I, I follow <laughs> the rules. It's really just a way of us getting to know you and your taste. So without giving away too much in the movie, uh, I, I would love to ask um, uh, if there are some iconic uh, sons Okay, iconic sons in in movie history, or or people that you would identify as sons, uh, that uh, uh, you may or may not want to invite to a work party, and uh, I'm going to list these three, and you tell us in in the order by which you would want them at the party to not. And again, this is a very difficult list. So number one, Indiana Jones. We know he's a son because he's you know we have him and uh, Sean Connery and in, in Last Crusade, right? So Indiana Jones. Your former co-star, Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly, who goes back in time, hang out with his dad. And then just to bring in a little Pixar love, Nemo. So if I give you Indiana Jones, Marty McFly, and Nemo, who's getting the invite? Who may or may not get the invite? Who's not getting the invite? Buy, rent, or meh? Oh, my God. That's hard. (laughs) That is hard. I love Indiana Jones. Harrison's a dear friend. Michael, of course, a dear friend. Work with him. Oh, boy. And Nemo, just love Nemo. So I gotta, I gotta categorize each one of them. Do I have yeah, to? Yeah. I mean, look, if they're your friends, we're not gonna make you. You know, but, I mean, but, I mean, it's I a character. Feel, I actually feel character. very comfortable going. I don't see this as a hard category. So I'm also happy to tag in. 
it's, it's interesting. Oh, I, oh yeah, go you can go first. Then. Becky, I'll oh, model. I know you go first. Okay, okay. I'll model it for oh, you. Okay. So okay. this is specifically the question: Who would I want invited to to a party, and who who would I not want invited? Now I'm thinking about these characters in terms of their party vibe. The first one that gets invited is obviously Marty McFly because you yeah. know he is you know, going he's to gonna take out his guitar. Um, he's he's going to yeah. put on some cool jams. He might grab the mic and sing a song. Like, you know, he's going to turn this party into a rager. Right. So he, he'd make he a work party fun. He for sure. Now, Rent, I'm going to say Nemo gets my rent because he's going to show up. He's going to be able to make small talk with anyone. He's going to have a good time. He's just going to be a happy. You want to look around and see a smiley face in the crowd? He might get lost at a party, but he'll right. be fine. Or he might kind of annoy people, but he's a safe bet for a happy party goer. You know who's not getting invited? Indiana Jones. Because at best, at yeah. best, he's going to be a curmudgeon about it. And at worst, he's going to end up smashing through one of your windows because somebody Someone's shows up chasing, and chasing him. him and he has to like grab an amulet and swing out the <laughs> the more, you know, fifth story window. So he is he's getting a, a man. He is not getting invited to this party. Yeah, you'd lose your security deposit. Exactly. Very good point. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Next to Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah go, go, go for it. Ahead. Go for that. Uh, I I misunderstood. I guess uh, definitely. I would uh, I would second everything she said. I thought it was the actor themselves. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Oh no! no, no. Never no. make you do that. Thank you, but uh, it would be exactly the same. I would, you know, it would be by uh, definitely Marty McFly. Definitely definitely by uh, Rent would be well. Meh. I think Matt would definitely be Indiana Jones, as you say. <laughs> and with rent, let me just think for a second. Yeah, rent would be Nemo too. Mm-hmm. Rent would buy rent and meh for Indiana Jones because of all the same reasons. Sorry <laughs> to be a copycat, but no, no, no worry. We, that, that was our test run. Greg, do you, if you want to weigh in, we have we have another one for you. Yeah, let's do another one for me because I okay. have the same answers. Yeah. All right, okay. So this are these are bosses that are also fathers. Um, uh, uh, Darth Vader from Star Wars. Don Corleone from The Godfather. And although I'm not 100% sure what his profession is, I threw in Gomez Adams um, uh, from the Adams family because he's the boss of something and he's an iconic father. And Ed was in Adams Family Reunion. So uh, I, I a little a little nod there. Greg, uh, you go. So this is inviting them to a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. I think specifically a work party. Yeah, a work party. Specifically them to work. A work party. I feel, okay. Don Corleone would actually, I think he would, you know, be uh, charismatic. I think people would approach him. I think he'd be on his best behavior mm-hmm. um, if he's in a professional setting. Um, he I might even Darth give Vader, some advice. He could give some advice. To like exactly. interns at the party. Right, right. Um, someone comes in with a problem. He could be there to, you know, help solve it. Um, <laughs> I think Gomez Adams, uh, he would be my my rent because he's he seems fun, like you know, a little bit of a wild card, but he could be fun. Darth Vader, I think, would just scare everyone. Um, could be a little bit of a downer. All right, so that, those are that was those would be uh, my answers. I right. I agree. Ed, fair. Yeah, definite. Uh, Darth Vader is definitely a man. <laughs> And then Gomez, I'd like to see Gomez at a party, you know, Raul Julia. Or, oh, Raul uh, Julia. That's my Gomez for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. For, for Tim time. Curry was great too, of course. I worked yeah, with Tim yeah. Curry. I yeah. love Tim, but uh, Raul Julia was wonderful too. So Iconic. the idea of having 
either of those two fine gentlemen at the party in the form of Gomez would be just great. And then Darth Vader, Gomez. Oh, God. Don Corleone. Don Corleone. 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 No, I wouldn't want him around. Somebody's going to get bumped, that's for sure. Somebody's going to wind up with cement shoes. No, no Don Corleone in my party. There's a couple of mess there. Uh, uh, all right. The film is Don't Tell Larry uh, uh, from, uh, from writer-director Greg Porper um, uh, with starring a whole bunch of amazing people, not the least of which is Ed Bailey Jr., um, who uh, also is the author of To the Temple of Tranquility and Step on It and Brings You Begley's Best. Um, I've mentioned all of those things to give you all room. Is there anything you would like to recommend or say about the film before we head on out? Um, we'll start with you, Greg, and, and Ed will give you the last word. I want to say before anyone else speaks, if you have the opportunity to work with Greg, take it. He's so talented. He's so wonderful. and He did such a great job of editing it. He's a great filmmaker, and I'm proud to know him. Thank you. This is me. This is me pinching Aww. myself once again, Ed. That's so, the nicest so thing true. that anyone would say. Thank 100%. you. That's that's so wonderful. wonderful. And I would say the I'd say the same to Ed, but I think people have known this for for decades of how great Ed is because <laughs> they're working with him um, and giving him work for good reason. So um, I would say. Just the the time for those in the Austin area, we are, you know, 9.15 p.m. at the Galaxy Theater on Friday, October 27th. Um, we so also have another exciting. screening. Thank you. We have another an encore screening November 1st at 9.30 p.m. at the Rollins Theater at the Long Center for Performing Arts here in Austin. And this movie will make you laugh. It'll make you gasp. It might make you cringe a little bit, but in a good way. And you promise in a good it's going to be- You won't be able to look away, 90, that's for sure. A 90-minute entertaining thrill ride that you'll enjoy. Uh, you'll want to tell everyone about yes. even your friend Larry. You'll you'll want to tell everyone yes. about this movie. <laughs> I know a couple cousin of Larry. Oh, yeah, yes. we have a cousin Larry. I have an uncle Larry, not based on him. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no. There's actually this weird Al Yankovic song called "Do You Remember Larry?" I don't know why you would have ever heard this, but it is a darkly funny song, and it, it even involves like burying bodies and things like that. Um, I, I'm like. I was kept playing that song in my head as I was watching this movie. So if you haven't heard it, I'll send it to you. Great. I definitely want to hear it. <laughs> I'd like to hear it too. It's a sort of takeoff of a They Might Be Giants song. It's very cool. Well, thank you both so much for joining the Friday Night Movie family. Thank you to uh, Platform Media Group, our buddies there for making the connection. We they have never failed us in bringing us uh, incredibly fun and, and amazingly talented people. And we wish you so much luck and success with the film. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely to meet you all. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FridayNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.